We're going to be looking in John chapter 10 and verse 9 tonight. John chapter 10 and verse 9, a message I call of time and eternity. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, this is perhaps the most famous of all of the I am statements that we find Jesus making, especially in the Gospel of John. Uh, I am come that they might have life. I am the door. Uh, whenever Jesus said, I am, of course, it captures our attention because uh, long ago when Moses asked God his name, God responded by saying, I am, I am. And so whenever Jesus uh, invoked that, it uh, certainly gathers our attention, and well, it should. He stood before them offering not just life. It's good for us to remember that every life is a gift from God. Only God has life. Only God can give life. Life begets life. Uh, I went to school, and hopefully they still teach it, but I went to school in a day when we were taught there were two kinds of matter in the world. There was animate and inanimate, and that which was inanimate didn't become animate, and that was just the way it was. But now we have this whole theory of the uh, beginning of everything that is dependent upon somehow inanimate matter making itself into animate matter contrary to the very laws of science that they claim to be expounding. Don't get me started, okay? <laughs> I, I could go a, long, let me, <laughs> go a long time on that. Uh, but life begets life. You have to have life in order to give life. It's just the way it is. We may look at a seed and think, well, that seed is dead. No, it's not. God put life in that seed. Life begets life. When you're born into this world, God has given you life. No matter what else happens, whether you ever darken the door of a church or not, whether you ever pick up a Bible or not, whether you ever believe in Jesus Christ or not, no matter what else happens, God has given you life. We call that time. You've got time. How much? Uh, we don't know. Everybody assumes that they're going to live by uh, uh, that old Mr. Spock philosophy. They're going to live long and prosper. But um, everybody's forgotten Star Trek. I tell you, Mr. Spock, live long and prosper. Um, but not everybody lives long, and obviously not everybody prospers. But listen, every breath that you breathe is a tribute to your creator. Every moment of life that you have is a tribute to the fact that God has given you life. Now, when you were born into this world, you were born with a certain amount of time. You don't know what that is. We all think we do, but we don't. It is a mystery. But when God is speaking to us in this passage today, He's not just talking about life. Although He has something that has a tremendous impact on life. But he's also talking to them about abundant life and about eternity. 
Uh, later on in this same chapter, in John chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. That's what they thought of his declaration and offer of eternal life. If you're sitting in this building tonight, obviously you have life. But Jesus offers you abundant life, eternal life. A.W. Tozer wrote, how completely satisfying to turn from our limitations to the God who has none. Eternal years lie in his heart. For him time does not pass, it remains. And those who are in Christ share with him all the riches of limitless time. And endless years. Limitless time. Doesn't that sound good, brothers and sisters? Limitless time. How many times this week have you thought, oh, don't have time. Can't do that. Don't have time. Wish we could. Can't. Why? Don't have time. Limitless time. And that's not even the best news. Endless years. Endless years. God sees us in our life. And what a precious gift this life is. But he offers us more than just life. He offers us abundant life. He offers us eternal life in Jesus Christ. And he promises that to those he calls in this passage, my sheep. Now, if you have time later on tonight, you want to go and learn a little bit more about John 10, you can read uh, the parable that begins the chapter uh, because Jesus started the chapter with the parable uh, of, about himself as a shepherd and, and his sheep and, and all of those, uh, basically all of the teaching that he has in this chapter about himself as the shepherd and calling for his sheep goes back to that parable uh, that he began with earlier on in the chapter. Uh, but Jesus, you see, does for his sheep. What no mere mortal shepherd could possibly do. He says, I give unto them eternal life. I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, of course, uh, it was going to require his death. And he makes that very plain. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd, he says, that gives his life for the sheep. You see, our eternal life comes at a very high price, his death, his death. Jesus died so that we could live. In our minds, we might go to some moment of self-sacrifice and see some person like, for example, the first responders on 911 that seems so long ago and yesterday all at the same time. We think about those firefighters running up the stairs. How many people whose lives were saved. How many of those men died so that others could live. We might think about soldiers on the battlefield. How many of them die so that we can be free. So that their brothers can live. How many times of self-sacrifice. I can't imagine. But you see though I could give my life for someone else. I could give my life to save another person's life. I can only do for them what they already have. 
They were already alive. I could preserve that life, but that's as far as I can go. But Jesus said, I give unto you eternal life. And just in case we wondered about it, it gives us the negative side of that. And they shall never perish. I give unto them eternal life. Jesus did what no mortal man could do. So the problem of time that Jesus proposed is simply expressed. Eternity. Though God has given us time, life, it is of a limited duration and it is constantly slipping away. <laughs> oh, it passes almost imperceptibly for a while. Now, when we're young, it seems like 16 will never get here. Amen? When we were younger, it took forever to get to Christmas. Then 16, then 18, then 21. After 21, the first thing you know, you're 50. Life passed almost imperceptibly. If it weren't for the fact that your kids were getting bigger and older, you might even argue with that idea. But uh, they are a constant reminder that life is passing. Then we come to that time where it's not imperceptible anymore. We have constant reminders that age is coming along and life is slipping away. I stand before you tonight knowing that in the providence of God, I have far more years in this life behind me than I have ahead. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Because eternity awaits. You see, I didn't choose just to live out my time. But I accepted Jesus' offer of eternity how do you get in on it? He made it simple. In this passage, he says, I'm the door. It's like walking through a door. It's in John chapter 4 where Jesus said to the woman at the well, I am the living water. If you drink of this water, you'll never, not never, thirst again. In John chapter 6, it was the bread of life where Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And Salvation is like uh, eating bread. Salvation is like getting a drink. Salvation is like walking through the door. All of them emphasizing that we must accept what He is. We must receive. Something must happen. The greatest single barrier of going through the door, of eating the bread, or drinking His water is this problem of time. It's so deceptive that we think we say, we say to ourselves, I've got time. Some other time. Calvin Miller once wrote, he said, there's little use accepting arcs once the rain begins to fall. We'll talk more about that tonight. Death is such an instant storm that by the time you reach for an umbrella, you already need your water wings. Life preserver. Jesus offers eternity. The end of those trapped in time and running out of time. 
So I want us to spend a few moments just thinking about this great offer. There may be a time this week where you have a chance to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a great place to take them right here in John chapter 10. Where Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. It's important for us then to consider tonight the size of the door. How large is it or how small? And Jesus is the door. Now in their thinking, the door of the sheepfold was the shepherd himself. Positioned so that nothing could come and go uh, without it having to go over him or past him. There was only one way into the sheepfold and, and that was through the shepherd. Either he let you in or, or he kept you out. That was it. He was the door. And so uh, when Jesus said, I am the door, that's exactly what he was saying. But that tells us a couple of things about the door. I want you to know tonight, no matter how many stories you've heard, St. Peter is not standing at the door of heaven. He's not the one who decides whether you get in or out. And there's a lot of funny stories out there, and I can laugh at them just like you can, but they're not the truth. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. And in one way, that door is very small. Because Jesus did not say, I am a door. I'm not one of many doors. I'm, he didn't say, I'm a very good door. He didn't even say, I'm the best door. He said, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. That's not a very politically correct thing to say in our world, but it's very biblically correct. And I choose biblically correct over politically correct every time. Doesn't matter whether it's popular or not. I realize that even in the broadest definition of Christianity, which includes many, many people, no doubt, who though they call themselves Christians, don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. But in the most broadest depiction of Christianity, it is less than a third of the population of the planet. Many, many, many people, billions of people are trusting in some of the name to get them to heaven. It won't. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. There's none other name given among men whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. But in, the other, in another sense, the door is very large because I, I love that Jesus said in this passage, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. If any man. Now all this talk that we have in this passage, I, w I wish we had time tonight to go into all of it. We don't. But, you know, there's so many things. You read through it. Jesus is talking about his sheep. My sheep hear my voice. You're not my sheep. Others are. And we can get really confused in that. That's why I love it that Jesus makes it so simple for us. If any man, any man shall enter in, he shall be saved. You see, God's plan of salvation included anybody, anywhere. Jesus tasted death for every man. In that sense, it's very large in its scope. And aren't you glad it's that way? God didn't just provide salvation or make salvation available just to a selected few, but every person of every nation, of every tribe and every race and every tongue, all can be saved. Tall people can be saved. Short people, not so tall people, can be saved. 
Overweight people, we can be saved. Yes, sir. Smart people, we can be saved. Education, uh, you can be saved. Educated people can be saved. Uneducated people, you can be saved. Blonde-headed people can be saved. Gray-headed people can be People everywhere. If any man shall come unto me, if any man shall enter in, whosoever will, just let him come. The message of Scripture then is very plain, that all can be saved. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So in its size, it's very narrow. You either go through Jesus or you don't go in at all. But in another way, that door is very broad because it will open to anybody if any man shall enter in. Then he goes on and talks about the satisfaction of the door. He said, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Uh, Jesus describes then... Uh, something about eternal life, and that is it is very satisfying to us. While we are living here, this thing we call life, that gift of life that God has given us, uh, that he gives to all people everywhere on all the planet, everybody who is alive then has received that gift of life from Almighty God. While they're living that life, if they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if they have not received his offer of eternal life, they are missing something that they don't know what they're missing. They need something. They don't know what they need. But you and I, then, who have received Jesus Christ's offer of salvation can give testimony to the fact that when we receive him, oh, we didn't know how thirsty our soul was until we took a drink of that eternal life. And suddenly, we find that it's incredibly satisfying. Now, we could talk about all the things the Bible says that come to us when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we go through that door uh, that He sets before us. But as we peek in that door tonight, there's a few things that I just want us to think about. Uh, first of all, inside that door, look inside. What do you see? Inside there is the pardon of God. Let's put it this way. Forgiveness of sins. Sins forgiven. Sins forgiven. Sins forgiven. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? The old hymn writer said, nothing but the blood of Jesus. John puts it this way in 1 John chapter 5. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The blood cleanses us from all sin. Not just a few, but all. The pardon of sins, the pardon of God. Inside that door also then is the protection of God. You see, if a man has a pasture, he's responsible for whatever's in it. If he's got animals and that, then he's responsible for their protection. That's why we look in this great passage, and we're so thankful uh, tonight that when Jesus says you'll go in and out and find pasture, he is telling us that I'm going to not only provide for you that pardon, but I'm going to provide protection for you so that he could confidently say that I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man 
pluck you out of my Father's hand. Don't you know tonight that the devil would take us out if he could? Sure he would. Sure he would. Oh, but we are kept by the incredible power of God. When you look in Romans chapter 8, it's another one of those passages where the language can uh, just get a little bit confusing to us sometimes. Because God begins at the end of that chapter talking about His foreknowledge and whom He did foreknow, the same He did predestine to be conformed to the image of the Son. Moreover, whom He did predestine, them He also called. Whom He also called, them He also justified. Whom He also justified, them He also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You say, that's so confusing. I want to make it real simple for you. Uh, You see, God had predetermined something. He put something in place. And that is absolutely true of every blood-bought child of God. And that is that we're all going to end up glorified. Uh, That's where we're going to end. And that is not in question. If you have received Jesus Christ, let me tell you how this thing's going to end in your life. You're going to end up in glory for all eternity. Uh, Nothing's going to stop it. Nothing's going to pluck you out of the hand of Jesus Christ. You have received Him. He has received you. You live in Him. He lives in you. And because of that, you are certain, absolutely certain, for eternity and glory with God. Whatever happens to us in this life that we live uh, according to the faith of the Son of God will be in proportion to His purposes in our life. Whatever happens to us is either for our good or for His glory or both. (laughs) Or both. No wonder Paul said, uh, put all of that at the end of what he said in Romans 8, 28. All things are working together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Listen, if we weren't destined absolutely sure for eternal glory with God, we couldn't make that statement. There'd be a lot of things that happened to us would say, well, I can't, uh, no. Listen, all the things that happen to us in this life, whatever they might be, do not in one iota hinder us from enjoying His glory for all eternity. Yeah, we can get all bogged down in time. But Jesus, remember, has given us what? Limitless time and endless years. When you walk inside the door then all of the resources of heaven become ours because we not only have that uh, pardon of God and the protection of God but we also have the provision of God as we learn that God supplies and meets the needs of his children. So we've talked about the size of the door. Uh, I am the door. We've talked about the satisfaction of the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. But there was one part I didn't talk about. It's right in the middle. By me, if any man enter in. You must enter in. And in a way, I call this the sorrow of the door tonight. The sorrow. Because every door, as you well know, has two sides. Inside and outside. 
on which side are you? The sorrow of the door is not only that doors open, but also that doors close. Where are you tonight in relation to the door? Have you already walked in the door? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Or would you have to look at that door, the door to heaven, and say, I know what it is, I know who it is, I know where it is, and I, I know that I'm going to go in it someday, but not now. I'm, you're on the outside tonight, and you know it. I must warn you, that door closes. It's not always open. One of the ways that door closes is just like this. As death finds you, eternity claims you. God gives you a life. And in that life that he gives you, you have the opportunity then to walk through the door and receive his offer of eternity. But if you say no, you live life without him. That door closes. God gave us a great picture of that. I mentioned Noah this morning. And I mentioned him again tonight. Uh, See God gave this as a perfect picture of his judgment and grace. Before his judgment fell. God preached salvation through the prophet Noah for 120 years. Then comes Genesis 7, 16, and they went in. They went in male and female of all flesh as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. The door closed before the first drop of rain ever fell. The door closed. The same Jesus tonight then that says, I am the door also said, broad is the way, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And many there be that find it. There's a lot of people traveling a a wide, broad road with the end of destruction. Someone in this service tonight may be on that road. You may have been on it. And there's... Uh, Certainly one who gave testimony tonight, but there are many others tonight who could give testimony. And all of us in our own way could give testimony to how easy it is to get on the broad road. And to let that broad road rob you of your life. Rob you of your time. Of your talents, of your treasure. Because the broad road is a taking road, not a given road. But then there's a narrow road. How narrow is it? There's a narrow gate. How narrow is it? There's only room for one. Jesus is on it. As much as I would like to tonight, I would like to take you by the hand and drag you through the door, but I can't do it. You must deal with Jesus yourself. 
Salvation is not spelled D-O, but it's spelled D-O-N-E. It's all about what Jesus Christ has done for us. He came to this world. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross, not for his sins, but for yours and mine. They buried him. Praise God, he didn't stay dead. He rose again, and he gives us then that promise of eternal life, a promise that he has proven that he can back up and fulfill because he conquered death himself. And therefore he can say, come unto me. Come through the door by me if any man will enter in. He shall find rest. Go in and out and find pasture. I am the door. We go through the door when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Has there been that time in your life where you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Where you received Him? Where you understood that you were a sinner? You couldn't save yourself and only Jesus could. Have you experienced then that free gift of salvation? Have you followed Him in baptism? Have you confessed Him before men? As He, proclaimed, as he uh, tells us to do, teaches us to do. So grateful to see One follow the Lord in baptism tonight. What a great picture of the fact that here's a person. Yes, I I was a sinner, but Jesus Christ has saved me. And now I'm walking in newness of life. Baptism absolutely does not save us. If you were lost, when you're baptized, you're still lost. After I baptized you, now you're just wet lost. Baptism won't save anybody. It doesn't wash your sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, does that. Baptism is a picture of what happens to you when you're saved. But it's an important picture. Uh, Jesus did that and he tells us to do it. To identify ourselves as a follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe tonight you need to uh, unite with this church. Maybe tonight you've got somebody or something on your heart you want to share with us. We're going to give an invitation time. Our praise team is going to come. Let's all stand together at this time.